I'm Jimmy Alexander, and welcome to Out With Jimmy. It's the podcast where members of the LGBTQ community share their coming out stories with you. And our goal is, no matter if you're in the closet or out, you know you're not alone. Uh, follow us on social media, Out With Jimmy. It's Out With Jimmy Alexander on Instagram. And if you go to Apple Podcasts and you have not clicked subscribe, I question your sanity. Because you're missing these great stories. And uh, if you could, it would really help if you write a nice review and you give us as many stars as you possibly can. This week, uh, it's going to be a different episode. I do say that we talk to people in the LGBTQ community, and I believe this is fair with this uh, person this week, because uh, she is not a lesbian. Um, She's not trans. Um, She's not bi-poly. She is pretty traditional. A straight Jewish mom. But you'll find out why Jan this week is out with Jimmy. Hi, I'm Jan Gutman. I'm from Rockville, Maryland, and I am a retired teacher from 34 years with Montgomery County Public Schools and the proud parent of a non-binary transgender young adult. Jan, who was the first person you told that your child is non-binary? My parents, because when Max called to tell us that Z was non-binary, transgender, and was going to be using the name Max from that point forward. They also said that in 10 minutes, they were going to be putting it on Facebook. Ah. And so that w- that started the clock running because my parents and my mother-in-law were both on Facebook. And so I got off the phone with Max. I called up my husband, who was not at home, and I said, this just happened. You need to call your mother. I'm calling my parents. Now, let me uh, talk to you about pronouns, because I know a lot of people who listen are dipping their toe in the LGBT community, and they may not know Z. Explain what that is. So people who are non-binary don't identify as male or female. So I always tell people it's actually this is one of Max's ways of explaining it. There's ice cream and there's ice cream cake and there's cake. Okay. You've got ice cream, you've got cake. Ice cream cake is both, but it's not ice cream and it's not cake, but it's good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So so they, them, people are becoming familiar with they, them. Yes. And they need to get over themselves as far as grammatically and how you learn. Yeah. They, them is not that difficult. It's easier is another another non-binary identifier. And so people, there's other other, uh, terms that are used, but um, people choose what fits best for them, and that's for Max. I had one of the worst experiences as a host of an event ever at Nova Pride several years ago. Um, Ian Alexander, the actor, um, identifies as he. And we were talking about that, and I said I was talking to her backstage. Uh And I could see the look on the audience's face, and I had the same look inside. I wanted to die. Uh Um. Because obviously I'm an advocate, but it was a mistake. And it's oh, yeah. easy. And so I ask people, forgive the people who make an honest mistake rather than who's trying. And I was trying. And I always joke that Ian Alexander is my cousin. <laughs> and I want to talk to them and apologize. Go, I, and and it's you just, know what I've learned? You, know, you say, thank you for correcting me. Well, no one, I corrected myself. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, and I, right. and I was so, like. Because apologizing, I've, and I've learned this because, trust me, I have done 
lots of uh, incorrect pronouns with Max. And still, for some reason, Max lives in Boston. And as we're talking, I can use easier and fine. And when Max is around, and it could be just in my head that, okay, I got to get it right. I got to get it right. I will, you know, use the wrong pronoun, which it, it just eats me up. And From knowing you, Jan, I can't imagine you putting pressure on yourself. <laughs> no, not at all. No, not you. So, um, but what what I've learned from uh, the community is that if if you apologize, that puts it back on them to say no, it's okay. So, if somebody does correct you, or you if you catch yourself, the biggest thing that I've heard is correct yourself and move on. That if you perseverate, which I tend to do, um, mm. it makes it more of the person who was misidentified, it makes their issue and really isn't. So it's correct yourself, move on. And if somebody corrects you, you say thank you and you move on and correct yourself. Hopefully I'll be able to have Max tell tell Max's story. But for you as a parent, I'm going to talk about your story because I know parents listen. And I know there are parents out there who have trans children or non-binary children And there's not many instruction manuals for that. And you're just trying to make sure your kid's happy. You love your kid. As we know, tragically, the suicide rate among trans children and trans individuals, horrid, scary. And mom and dad, most of them just want their kid to be okay. Exactly. So I believe Max's... Journey did not start with non-binary. From the time Max was probably five years old, I just followed Max's lead as far as Max would borrow uh, my older, my son Joel's clothes. And girls' clothes, are they're itchy. They've got appliques and, and frills and things like that. NTG, and not that gay. I have no idea what an applique is. But applique. What applique. is that? The, the, they have stitching, so it's got to have oh. a picture, and it's itchy on the oh, other okay. side. And so Max was just... You know, wanting to wear Joel's clothes, not a big deal. I really didn't care. And so, but then it became more of a thing when we were in stores. Max was gravitating towards the boys' department. Max would get upset if I would refer to Max and my youngest, Eve, as the girls. Why do you call us the girls? And again, in reflection, it made sense. But as as Max was growing up, I thought I had a gay girl. I was like, okay, fine. And how Max chose to dress. and Did it bother you? No, no. You're one of the few moms, because I would say, I hear stories all the time, moms, dads take it better than moms, because they have moms, and the generalization, but moms have planned their child's life, the wedding, the children, the grandchildren, that, Uh where dads kind of see sometimes what's really going on. I think we're flipped, Gary and I are flipped on that, but uh, I think from being a teacher, um, seeing Kids, you know, either 30 a year when I was teaching elementary or over 100 a year teaching middle school, that you learn that parenting, in my point of view, is surfing. And you go with the waves or you can drown swimming against them. And so you follow each kid. You just follow their lead and what age, them of who they are. At what age, Jan, did you think, uh, I have a lesbian daughter? First time. Mm, third or fourth grade. Did you say anything to Gary, your husband? Yeah. And he said... I don't think he was particularly impacted at that point. I think it was more of when 
when Max came out as Max that it was a much more uh, well, larger we're, yes. headship. Well, we're yeah. getting to there. So yeah, did Max ever say to you, I'm a lesbian? No. No. I was just just making generalizations as a parent, things I observed, things that Max was interested in. And Max definitely um, was what kids, parents would say, tomboy. How old is Max now? 25. 25. I'm asking these questions, and some of them will be like I'm prying. And it's the reason is, A, I'm nosy. And B, they're questions that people have, and they are afraid to ask. And I believe there are people out there who, A, have kids going through this, B, are going through this themselves. And I want people to feel like they are not alone. Because you are not the only mom, you're not the only dad listening right now who's going through what Jan and her husband went through. And I will say this, and it will embarrass Jan, um, we are lucky to have Jan as an advocate. And you've been an advocate for a long time, and not just because uh, Max is non-binary. You probably have been doing advocating for a very long time. Am I right? Yeah, I pulled our son out of scouts when he was in second grade because they made the decision that they were not going to allow gay leaders. And I had to explain to my son, scouting, which he enjoyed and loved, that I was not going to allow him to participate anymore. And yeah. you would think that an organiza- organization that's so um, identified with the kerchief that they would have some <laughs> understanding well, of gay. They've actually, well, they have. They've changed. But this was 2000. Yeah. Probably 2000, 2001. And um, first I had to explain to him what gay was. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, if a man was a man, woman was a woman. And he, he, he got indignant. He said, well, we need to write the president. And it was Bush at the time. And then I had to explain how people yeah. have, have uh, different viewpoints. But I told him, I said, I said, even though the people in your group at scouting are open-minded, if you're wearing that uniform, you're representing what the organization stands for. And so eventually a couple other moms did the same thing and the, the troop disbanded. Mm. And and so, yeah, I've been at it for a while. From And so I guess... You've been a pain in the ass for a long time is <laughs> what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> and Gary. Yeah. But listen, seriously, folks. No. Um, so what age did Max have the first conversation with you? When Max came out. And when was that? Uh, between uh, sophomore and junior year of college. So it's been five years. And how did that go? Well, it was, we were talking on the phone, and uh, Z was working at a summer program in Boston, and Max was talking about how the housing arrangement was going and what was going on with the, the summer program. And then Max says, I'm going to need to go soon, but I want to tell you that I've been using the name Max since I got here, and I'm going to be using it from this day forward, and um, I want you all to call me Max. And I'm at the other end of the phone going, you know, it was kind of nice it wasn't in person because I I was like, I was freaking out not so much of um, of the the shift. It, It was, first I couldn't figure out because Max, the name, is not remotely uh, connected to Max's name from birth. And then, and what it was is had Max been born gender assigned male, we would have named Max Max. And that's how Max picked the name. Did Max know that? Yes. Okay. 
And so, so it was a very quick conversation. And again, and then Max said that he was going to put it on Facebook. So I was just, it was a flurry of emotions and things. And it wasn't necessarily a surprise. If you were in that house that day, would you have heard, Gary, Gary? (laughs) No, just, um, just, just, oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. What do I do? What do I do? Calm down, calm down. And so it is just one of those things where you want to do everything right. Yeah. That has not changed from day one, and the the more you uh, the more you think you've got it, the more you learn. There's more to learn. Mm-hmm. So, did Max explain to you what the deal was? I'm being called Max because. To be honest, I don't remember. It might have been that that yeah. once that, that that I just I just don't remember. I remember just the essence of the phone call. I do know that later. Um, Max remarked that Z learned of what a transgender person was when we were in synagogue because there was a transgender woman who belonged to our synagogue who um, was very tall, very large, and Max leaned over and whispered to me, is, is that a man or a lady? And so I very quietly in synagogue explained what transgender was, and Max said at that point Z realized I don't have to be this, that, and so. Who would ever believe that it would have happened in the synagogue? <laughs> and boy, Bubby was unhappy that you picked that synagogue. Now, um, how did your parents and your husband's parents take this news? Because um, how old are they? At, well, at that point, they were in their 80s. My mom has since passed, but my my um, my parents, anybody who knew Max, like I said, was more surprised of possibly the name. The name. Um, secondary transgender. Um, I think that all along people knew that Max was a very strong individual yeah. because people would misgender Max and Max would never correct them. Yeah. Um, Boy, I, so, I cannot wait to talk to Max. Yeah. I, and hopefully you're listening to this, Max, because I guarantee you that you felt a sense of pride when they miss identified your gender. Oh, I know that Max would say that that it was like a personal victory. Yeah. And I also want to do a disclaimer that I am talking from a parent point of view. Yeah, no, that, and we and stated so that from the beginning. Yeah, and that, no, no, it absolutely. Is, it is. It's, it, there's pressure in that because I do have parents who will call me. Um, and I, I love talking to other parents and being a support. But I always tell people that this was my journey, my child's journey. And even though it and, and Gary's journey, our family's journey, it's so many people, and um, you do gain a validation. There's some common threads, and there's some unique concepts in everybody's. I am a fan, Jan, of analogies. Uh-huh. Um, something I learned from a wrestler named Arn Anderson. The only time Arn Anderson will be mentioned on a gay, on a, a gay uh, theme podcast, uh-huh. and it's that people understand analogies. Each person who's on here, you hear their journey, you hear their roadmap. Now, with your trip and your journey, you'll realize, well, I want to take a turn on River Road instead of going on the Beltway. And that's why I like having people on from different backgrounds. And last week, um, I talked to Moens, and we wanted to, it was really important to him to talk to his mom and dad. And I talked to them. And the dad had been in the Navy, you know, captain. I mean, he a very accomplished uh, service member. And I was proud for them and proud to talk to them because that's how you handle 
your kid coming out to you. We love you. We understand. We're there yeah. for you. And with you, um, and that's what motivated me to go, you know what? I want to have parents on because often we hear the story and it's so personal to the individual. But a lot of times it's the parents that have to help with their parents, their sibling, the siblings of the child. And also with them coming out, you're coming out. Right, right. And the grandparents were great. Um, the grandparents are the only people who got a pass if they misgendered. Max would just kind of let it yes. slide. What? How? So your parents were born in what year? Do you remember? 1927 and 1929. So think about that. 1927, 1929, before World War II was even thought of. And now they're trying to understand and trying to move into a very 21st century thought and idea. We've come a long way, baby. Yes, very much so. My dad always says a rose by any any name smells just as sweet, and that's that's and just um, once in a while we'll we'll catch catch himself misgendering Max when Max isn't even in the room and stops, and that's really when you know you've internalized yeah. it. That um, that if I hear somebody misgender Max, it bothers me, and it wouldn't necessarily have registered earlier on but now if somebody uses the pronoun she her it's like who is that and I think that was part of the journey that I didn't expect and and I don't think Max expected and we had to talk about it over and over was when I would use the wrong name or the wrong pronoun I finally was able to say I had 19 years of knowing this person you're the same person but when I say the name Max, I don't have any memories or connections to it, and I have to work on that. But so it, would it bother Max? Do you think I, you're not speaking for them? Right. But Max showed up at 19. Right. Before that, I was pregnant with. It would be hard to say Max. So you weren't really. Pre- you know. But you know what I, I'm saying. Right. But when I when I speak in the before 19, I used. I use the name Max. I do okay. not use the other name. Um, do you ever hear Max say that name? No, but ironically, Max's roommate has the other name, which is pretty funny. Oh, that's fantastic. So, yeah. Does Max uh, have a middle name? Yes. So Max's name is tremendously long and complicated now. Um, so um, Max's middle name from the former name was Hadas, which is Hebrew. So Max's name is Maxwell... And then I don't, I, this is awful if I get them mixed up. Maxwell Halal Noam Gutman. And what's interesting is the power of a name also in Judaism. Is, Max is going to need three licenses to get yes, all those names on that. Yes. Well, in Judaism, when they call you up to read from the Torah, which is like the highest honor in the service, is they call you up by your Hebrew name and, uh, you know, child or son or daughter of. And our synagogue, we renamed Max. We I wanted to do that because I knew that Max was going to get called up to the Torah at some point at some family event. And our synagogue, B'nai Shalom Avalni, could not have been more supportive. That's fantastic. Possible, put together a, an appropriate service working with Max to do it. But in Judaism, when you name somebody, you name in their memory. And you don't take that name away. So Max's old name was in the memory of two people. Well, you don't take that honor away. So when Max is called to the Torah, they are calling um, Maxwell Noam Halal, or it's Halal Noam, I apologize. Um, 
two other names. Mm -hmm. Child of mm -hmm. Gary and Jan. And so um, Max has it written out in Hebrew and just hands it to the person. And if the person doesn't know, they just they just go with it because the first three names are male associated names and the other two are female associated. So the rabbi really did a mitzvah is what I'm hearing. Yes, they did. I'm showing Good off job. my Yiddish. <laughs> I know that I'm a shagitz. Um, that is the male version of Shiksa. Thank you, Carol Miller, one of my closest friends. I'm going to ask you these questions. I want you to be honest. Okay. Don't give me the answer that you think is politically correct. I'm okay. talking to you about it as a mom. Okay. This will not hurt Max's feeling. Z will have to understand. Because okay. as a mom, do you miss having Max as a daughter? No. To be honest, no. It, Max is the same person. Max is a much happier person, much more Was Max moody person. growing up? Not moody. N not moody, but didn't understand other people, didn't understand girls. Matter of fact, one time Max came home from school and said, everybody thinks I'm a lesbian. And, and Z said, I don't like being a girl. I don't like being around girls. Why would I want to <laughs> be with <laughs> another one? Why would I want to be in love with another one? And so, so no. I, I, Was Max an athlete? No, not real. Max has black belt in karate. Mm -hmm. karate musician. I like how I, was Max athletic. No, but the <laughs> black belt and karate would tell you a different I forget, story. I think when when you say athletic, I think of you know, softball, soccer, yeah. rights, team sports, and things yeah. like that. But um, and of course, I went to the stereotypical lesbian sports. Right. I mean, that's what that's what they're stereotyped for reasons. Right. You know, who does Max date? Max is it has been in a relationship for a year with a person who I absolutely adore. Um, and they are non-binary. Um, I, to be honest, I don't want, I'm, I'm a little on non-binary for sure. I, I don't know if I'm speaking correctly if I said trans femme, but they, what happened was they, they met on online dating and there were three different, uh, queer dating sites that Max had gone online for. And apparently Abraham kept popping up, and Max kept popping up, and they communicated. How for a did bit. Z find a, a person named Abraham? Oh. This is so fantastic! <laughs> Your puppy is very happy no, about that. No. Now Abraham uh, is a first-generation American, born in Mexico, raised Southern Baptist in Texas. Dear God, converting you know, to Judaism is converting to Judaism. This is before meeting Max from working on Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish with Joel Gray. As an intern. With Joel Gray. Right. Uh, so uh, Abraham uses they, them. So uh, they were working as an intern for the Yiddish Theater in New York and and was just learning about Judaism through working on Fiddler on the Roof. So their love of Judaism was part so of the Let's things. start over again because I, I need a flow chart here. So we have first-generation American family from Mexico, Southern Baptist. Mm -hmm. Decides to convert to Judaism after being in a Yiddish performance of Joel Gray's they Fiddler a, on a Roof. They weren't, they weren't in it. They were working, working in the on the front it. office. Yeah, that's never Back happened <laughs> ever. Jan, that is a story. No, but really, but, I think but, we know. You know what? The most important thing, first of all, it, so it was the online that put them together. So they're, you know, they both are uh, theater fans. Yes. They, you know, as as far as like Judaism being central in their life and a, a bunch of other things, but the coolest part is that how just amazingly wonderful Abraham is to my kid. And I don't care. I don't want anything else more. And if it doesn't work out for them, I hope that 
Abraham finds what works or, you know, you only want what's the best for your kid. And so to just see the relationship they have is just incredible. And I just adore and admire both of them because they are both still, I think, on their own journeys. They're still both very young. Similar age? Yeah. Yeah, it's a two-year part. Is it fair to say Abraham is a uh, <clears throat> mensch? Yes. Good. <laughs> Very much so. I show, I'm, sh- I'm showing off now. I'm showing yes, off. Yes. But how great is it that your mom, born in the 20s, Orthodox, uh, Orthodox Jewish, fine with Max? Yeah. No, my mom, my mom was buying stuff for Max from the boys' section of Target when Max was little. My, my mom just followed. We all just followed Max's cue. Max, Max was no different than Joel or Eve growing up, just normal, wonderful kid. And that was Max. When you look at pictures of Max, maybe up to five years old, because I was making more of the choices of how to dress and do the hair and things like that. But definitely from like seven till age 16, it looks like a younger version of who Max is today. Um, in high school, due to bullying and a number of other things, Max tried to go femme. And I didn't even catch him, that Max was becoming anorexic. I didn't mm. even find out till when Max came out. We had some talks and things. Then when I went, looked back at the pictures, I was like, how could I have missed it right under my nose? You hear all these stories about people and everybody else knew, you're the parent. How do you not know that? And I'm a teacher. And how did I not see that? but the stress of everything. And so Max actually graduated high school a year early to get out of the toxic Mm. environment of the high school. And actually, at that point, I had no idea that um, what was going on. I did not know that Max was in an abusive heterosexual relationship. I did not know that um, Max was anorexic. I did Mm. not know all these things. And it was right under my nose, and then I felt guilty. Did I not have a relationship of trust that Max could come to me? But then I know as far as myself, you know, you internalize and you try to fix things yourself. It doesn't even occur to you that perhaps your parents could be a resource or a support for what you're going through. But Max graduated a year early. Z wanted to go to a boarding school. Z wanted to be homeschooled. Z just wanted to get the heck out of Rockville. That just breaks my heart. And so, but college was really what, and a lot of kids um, come out during their college years because they can be themselves. There's no predisposed concept of of who they are. And so Max went to McAllister College in Minnesota and um, just really blossomed as far as finding their true voice. And um, I volunteer at the University of Maryland's Equity Center and I'm really starting to understand the uh, crucial part that these centers provide for kids who are navigating themselves away from home, but also are taking that step to be their authentic self. And that many universities now have a safe place for them to, whether it's find community, get counsel, or anything uh, that, that they should need. And so I know that McAllister had... Um, uh, non-gendered housing. I know that they have a, a whole myriad of things available to students. Jan, I know that uh, hearing what your child went through in high school, 
breaks your heart. Oh, yeah. Especially looking back. And as any parent, you start doing the blame game, and that's not fair. But I think it's commendable that you have gone as an educator, who's now retired, you have dedicated a lot of time in your life to helping that age group who were um, struggling. I recently retired after 34 years with, with the school system. And part of it was um, I was working with at-risk youth. And within that realm, a lot of kids who were ending up in my classrooms were kids who were LGBT plus and um, with parents who were not supportive. And that was creating, in one case, tremendous physical issues for a child. And for another, it brought about how a school system might appear to be publicly supportive, but when push comes to shove, yeah. the parent has the last word and the child is just an afterthought. And so I felt the best work I could do was to be outside the system rather than within the system. So what I'm working on right now is to create a safe space in uh, Montgomery County that is for high school up to age 21 kids. <laughs> I never thought of being mm. like 20 a kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, somewhere near Rockville Town Center. So it's accessible by metro, bus, and rail where um, kids can find community. And so if they are looking for a, a resource of a lot of kids don't know about the Trevor Project where if they are feeling suicidal or just mentally not where they feel they should be, that they can call up the hotline and get support. Um, there's all kinds of programming that is in Montgomery County Social Services to have those things available. But actually, when you walk into my dream space, it's going to look like a WeWork, that you're going to have comfy furniture that looks like friends in the front part. The middle part, uh, desks with plug-ins for your laptop or your, you know, recharge your phone. In the back part, to have like farm tables where kids can do artwork or play games or just hang out, whatever they want to do, because it's very isolating. Um, just because your school has a gay-straight alliance does not mean that you're out at your school. doesn't mean that you choose to find community with those kids who are in that gay-straight alliance. Your school might not have one. And so to have a destination place, where if two guys want to hold hands while they're doing their homework and they know nobody's going to give yeah. them a second look, they can do that. Or somebody who's non-binary and wants to try out what it's like to come to a place in public with, with a dress, even though their beard is coming in, with sparkle earrings, and that somebody's going to say, wow, how did you get that eyeliner so straight? I can never do it. To just find community and and safety. And what's been interesting is I've pitched it to a number of establishments who um, release space. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things they said, well, we can't guarantee if our other clients who use our space might say something inappropriate yeah. or hurtful. And I said, that's exactly why we need this space yeah. for, for these people. Because once you're 21, if you're in the Washington area, you've got DuPont Circle, Tacoma Park. There's all kinds of places you have access because nobody's. you're not under somebody else's roof who says my rules, right? Yeah. So um, this would be something where if kids wanted to spend three less hours at their house because their parent is still calling them she, her, and says it's a phase, 
and is taking them for manicures against their will. These are things that I've had students go through, which I think is abuse. That And we can't do anything about it. it, it as a school system, we've tried, but when a parent gets a lawyer yeah. and says that my child's not 21, but if a kid goes to hang out at Starbucks and they're with LGBTQ plus kids, parent can't touch them. They're at a public place. So my place is going to have that vibe, but just be a little bit more uh, within the community that it, it, no advertisement. It's not going to have a retail street front. It'll just be known by word of mouth. And just so that if a parent finds out their kid is there, you can't come after me with a lawyer yeah. as, as a parent could with the school system that I will have anything that the school system or Montgomery County social services can have as far as information. A lot of LGBTQ plus kids don't know that colleges have programming and things for LGBTQ plus kids. Um, one student in particular who um, had tried to take their life, mm. I was speaking with them and I was saying, just hang on four more years when you're 18, you know. Uh, get, and that's just heartbreaking to hear. Just yeah. four more years. Uh, yeah. And, Jan, how can people, if they know of a place, they want to donate money, they want to donate uh, couches, chairs, tables, <laughs> how can they do that? Well, right now um, I'm working with um, MoCo Pride, Montgomery County Pride. Um, we are, I haven't been voted in yet by the board yeah. of directors, but I'm, I'm planning to do this project under the umbrella of Montgomery County Pride. So if they want to donate money to Montgomery County Pride or email at me at jan.b.gutman. Say that one more time. Jan, J-A-N dot B dot Gutman, G-U-T-T-M-A-N at gmail.com. Uh, as soon as the biggest thing is, if you know anybody who's got, I want a basement in one of the buildings in Rockville Town Center. I want it just to have this really cool vibe, concrete floors, exposed ceilings. Not that I haven't obsessed about no, it doesn't seem that way, Jan. And I know yeah. you help uh, Montgomery County with their Pride Prom, which is, yes. I believe you're doing God's work. And um, you made, as long as he even made one kid yours happier and feel safe and loved. What's better than that? Right. So thank you. Thank you, Jan, for sharing your story. And hopefully I will be talking to um, your kid, Max, yes. and hopefully they'll be like, okay, that's fine. I'll talk to him too. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and thank you for listening this week here on Out With Jimmy. Uh, thank you to Julia Ziegler and WTOP for allowing us to record in their beautiful studios. And if you think you have a friend or family member, some of you know who would like to hear the show or needs to hear Out With Jimmy, please let them know. Remember, you'll never know when the last time you'll be able to tell somebody you love them. So go ahead and do it. I love you. I love you. <laughs>